Welcome to the opportunity for a personal spiritual growth experience with the Sue Curran Podcast, a podcast all about leading you into understanding the ways and heart of God. Pastor Sue shares from her decades of experience as a founding pastor, author, teacher, and world missionary. The goal is that you receive practical spiritual insights that you can apply to your life at home, church, and place of business. And now, your host, Dr. Sue Curran. Welcome back to the Sue Curran Podcast. Today, you are going to hear the second part of my conversation with our special guest. Now, you don't want to miss the first part of our conversation, so if you haven't listened to it, please pause the episode and go back now. And now, part two of my conversation with our special guest. I wanted us to talk about this particular thing today because this is the philosophy. This is the reality of of what will keep the engine going. A lot of people just want to talk about, well, there are miracles and it is amazing. But without the understanding of where they come from, they wouldn't continue to come. And, and I'm just so glad that the Holy Spirit has revealed this to you in a way that you can help us to understand it. Not the easiest way to go, but it's, it's the powerful way to go. And I just, how long ago was it that you received your healing in Canada? Um, oh boy, I'm not very good with dates, but, um, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be somewhere there in the archives, but I, I was diagnosed with, um, multiple sclerosis, which turned out to be nutrasweet poisoning. That was one major healing I had. And then I had MRSA and I was healed. I was in the hospital um, for 30, I think it was 31 days, um, something like that. And the doctor said I was not going to survive, but the Lord spoke to me to go to Toronto, Canada. And I was so sick. It was the most painful flight I'd ever had in my life. Um, Roland, bless his heart, came with me. We flew there. And um, John and Carol said, you don't have to preach, just, you know, go to the green room. We have some doctors. They're going to just pray for you and, and help you. And I said, no, you don't understand. I have to preach. Like God called me to give this word. And I had the word from Zechariah 2, 3. And um, I had, I will be a wall of fire round about you, says the Lord, and the glory within you. And when they were super kind, even though they were, they didn't want me to die on, on the video, you know, <laughs> I was very, very ill. I mean, seriously, several doctors said I was going to die, but, um, I, I stood up by the grace of God and I said, I spoke the words from Zechariah. I will be a wall of fire, fire round about you and the glory within you. And the fire of God hit me three times from my head to my toes. And it was just super powerful, like just like electric shock bolts through me. And I'm telling you, Pastor Sue, I was 100% healed, 100% healed. All the sores, open, woozing sores in my body were closed. 
The next day, I got up early in the morning. I ran for an hour with no weakness. And um, I have never, ever um, been hit with that again. So I am just so grateful. Jesus healed me 100% and is just absolutely glorious. What advice would you give to people, Heidi, that they either yearn to pray for the sick and see them healed, or they have great need of healing themselves? Perhaps they are, their ministries are hindered because of it. What do you think might be the main key for people to lay hold on the healing that Jesus died for us to have? Um. This, this may seem a little confusing, but I want to say while you're still pressing in for your healing, the Lord wants to use you. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't want you to wait until you're 100% healed to use you. So in that hospital room, um, over 30 days in that hospital room in South Africa, um, the nurses would come in. The doctors would come in, and sometimes they'd walk into my room. I wasn't able to walk. I wasn't able to uh, leave the hospital. I was very sick, but the presence of God was so strong in that room. There became lines of people at 1, 2 in the morning that would come and ask for prayer. And as they would come into my room, People would literally weep, and I don't even recall how many people I led to the Lord, but many, many people I was able to lead to the Lord as they would walk in the room. And believers that would come in there to pray for me, they felt the presence of God. So I want to encourage people who might not have their 100% healing yet to just continue to minister, continue to pray for people, continue to um, love people who are sick and trust God. Uh, there's one testimony that I just, I really love. It's, it's about one of our kids. Is it okay if I share this? I have plenty of time. Yes. <laughs> Great. It thinks it's, it's about um, a very powerful testimony about um, one of our spiritual sons, his name is Inselmo, and he was thrown out in the garbage dump because his feet, he had severely clubbed feet, and they were like turned in, and so when he walked, he could barely walk, and it was just terrible. He was thrown out in the garbage because his feet were not straight. So we, we took him in, Um, to our children's village and just led him to the Lord. And he really met the Lord in a powerful way. And he realized he was a son. He was loved by God. And God didn't say that he was useless because of his clubbed feet. So one day we were on outreach. And um, before this challenge with the radical insurgents and all of that we would go every week um, to the bush and so there we were with Inselmo and a few of our other children 
And, and I always ask the kids, what's your word of knowledge? Like, what has God spoken to you? And he said, the Lord showed me there was somebody here who cannot walk. And you can't walk, and the Lord Jesus wants to heal you. And I'm thinking, well, that's, that's you, Anselmo. That's got to be you. You are crippled. You can't walk properly. And he, he said it again, and I'm just praying, and I'm thinking, Lord, could this be his night? And could he be giving a word of knowledge about his own life? And then out of the darkness, because we just have like a one light bulb there, I see this mama bent over with this child on her back. We don't know how old the child is, three and a half, four years old. We're not sure how old the child is. And then the, the mama just puts the child on the dirt and they just fall flat, like just flat. And they have no muscle tone. They can't even lift their head. I mean, completely ab unable to move. Like a, all I can explain is like a jelly body, just no muscle tone. And Anselmo looks at me and I'm thinking, this is really, really a big deal here. And he just does this. Yes. Like I got it. Yes. I got the word of knowledge. And then he calls me and he says, come on, mama, help me pray. And I said, you pray first. And Anselmo puts his hand on this little toddler, he just prays in Jesus' name. He prays in the spirit. He prays in tongues. He prays in Jesus' name. I just put my hand behind his, and we're praying, but he's taking the lead, and this child miraculously stands up and is completely, totally healed and starts walking back and forth, walking back and forth, and all the people there watching are just cheering and yelling. And Anselmo's just full of joy. Now, this is the deal. Jesus healed this completely um, crippled child that was unable to move, like completely unable to move. And I'm thinking, that's awesome. But what about Anselmo? And literally... We leave that night, we leave outreach, and Anselmo's feet are just as much um, deformed as they were when we came. And I'm thinking, he could be upset. Like, why didn't God heal me? Why, why did I get a word of knowledge and God healed a child in the village and I'm still crippled? Well, within probably several months, someone came to me and said, what do you want? And, and I, I don't know. I just felt the Lord. I said, I would like um, our spiritual son in Selmo to have his feet healed, to have his feet um, healed, whatever, whether it's a surgeon, whether, what, however it happens. And they said, they said, we want to get behind that. And then my husband, Roland, flies the bush plane. Long story short, a Christian born-again, spirit-filled surgeon in Malawi um, did an amazing operation on Anselmo's feet, one at a time. It took one entire year. 
Roland flew in Selmo in our bush plane to Malawi. Our nurses stayed with him, one nurse for six months, one nurse for another six months in our base in Malawi. His feet, Anselmo's feet, were totally reconstructed by a super spirit-filled anointed surgeon that God used. And anointed nurses cared for him night and day. Our base in Malawi um, fed him and took care of him and nurtured him. And now Anselmo lives again in northern Mozambique. He's a shining believer of Jesus, just an amazing example of, of a believer. His feet are beautifully straight, and he just carries the glory of God. So I think sometimes people have tried to put God in a box, and they think it's going to happen this way or that way, when God can use many different ways to heal the sick. And all I want to say to all of you is never, ever give up. Just continue to pray for the sick and stay connected with King Jesus. And he will show you um, what his purpose is and how he wants to bring about that healness. That that's healing. tremendous. And that's very helpful, Heidi. Um, and because we've all probably seen various situations uh, where it has been different, it has taken a long time, and some wanted to tell us we didn't have enough faith or this or that. But God is God, and he, he just sometimes does things in a different way. And so I really appreciate you sharing uh, that story with us. And then, and then there's the other type of healing, where so many deaf people have been healed under your ministry, that just seems to be an instantaneous. Have you ever compared those or seen, um, does the one with the hearing have to do with reaching directly out to the lost? Or Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, we, every, we have, We've had for many, many years a sign gift in northern Mozambique um, until, you know, until up to the point where we were no longer allowed to share the gospel um, in public because of the, the radical insurgents right now. The government's not allowing people to travel in and out. But for a good um, probably 17 years, we had a major sign gift. So every time we go to the village, and it could be anyone, it could be a child, a foreigner, uh, a junior Mozambican pastor, myself, and anybody who is praying for the deaf, we would see their ears open. If they were Makua, Makondi, in any village, we'd just say, bring us the deaf. And the Lord would open their ears, knowing, now, I don't know what everybody's theology is, but I believe God knew what was coming. I believe God knew that we were about to enter this time with these radical insurgents, with all of this um, unrest in so many villages being burned, that every one of those villages, every single one of those villages saw a sign gift. They saw the Lord Jesus 
heal deaf ears. And if it's a back or a headache or an intestinal problem, people could always kind of argue and say, well, I don't know, you know, maybe they made that up or maybe it was fabricated. But with deaf ears, the village knows who's deaf. Nobody can doubt it because the chief, if they're from another faith, which all of them were when we began to reach out, they were all of another faith. Nobody can deny uh, a deaf person hearing. Nobody. Nobody can deny it. So the Lord Jesus granted a sign gift for the, the Makua and the Makandi. He granted a sign gift. And every single village where we went, if there was a deaf person for the last 18 years um, before this crazy shutdown, every single place when we prayed for the deaf, and that's children, anybody praying for the deaf, they heard. And I believe that that sign gift opened up the ears of the village to the gospel of Jesus. Oh, that's so tremendous. You've helped us a lot with that explanation because God's ways really are above our ways. And we are just beginning to find out how differently uh, he works sometimes. You know, we always get in a rut and we're rather boring in our thinking, but he's simply so creative, but it helps us so much if we get a better understanding all of the tremendous miracles that you've had there and and healing has been one of the major uh, things that he's done but even um, even creating food when you needed it does he still do that or was that just something for a period of time or um i have not seen food multiply for the last year but i not in a supernatural way, but yeah. I have seen in the last year, I have seen the Lord send us containers of food. And um, that's been a miracle as well. So, you know, um, with the multiplication of, say, uh, a few boxes of chicken being multiplied to feed hundreds of people, I haven't seen that in the last year. Mm -hmm. But I have seen God uh, just move on people's hearts and more containers than normally would come full of food. Um, but I know that we are called to, to, to do whatever the Lord gives us to do. So we purchase all the food we can purchase. We give away all the food we can give away. And I believe like right now with COVID-19, with the emergency in our country, in your country, um, with all the chaos going on, I believe that God will take whatever we have. So if we have three 40-foot containers full of food, and it's amazing because the food that we are distributing, um, the food that comes in the containers is called manna packs. So I love that. Yes. Because it's manifest, and mm -hmm. literally believers are are helping send that food to northern Mozambique. So to me, that's a miracle too. And I promise you that I believe that if we just empty our containers, or even before they're emptied, 
God will put more food in those containers. I, I'm not the one that understands it all. All I know is um, every day we feed as many people as we can and we just trust Jesus. And there's always enough. Yes, that's right. I remember that book, Always Enough, was one of the first ones. You have, have you written a recent book that you'd like to tell our audience about? Um, right now, I'm writing a book right now called God's Got This. Oh, and, really? Um, yes, I'm not finished with it now. I'm writing it now. And um, I'm, I'm actually partnering with Passion Translation mm -hmm. of the Bible. And uh, I'm really excited about it because it's God's Got This is just dealing with very challenging times in our life where God's got this, where he's in charge. And I'm going to look at the Psalms and I'm going to look at um, through Ephesians and through Philippians and just how God's always got this. Um, and so I'm really excited about this. and. Um, also, Compelled by Love is something I've been working with with my discipleship group, which is about the Beatitudes. That book's already written. We're revisiting that, like Compelled by Love. What, what does it look like to walk through the Beatitudes as we're facing uh, incredible challenges? And Right now, with my discipleship group, which um, is actually two groups of 10, um, men and women that I've discipled for the last 18 years, we're revisiting Compelled by Love in under a mango tree. Our churches, um, our buildings are completely closed, as I, I believe yours are too. Mm -hmm. um, but we are not stopping. We're like continuing in groups of 10, most of the time we're under mango trees, under coconut trees, we're just out there. And we are working with um, the Beatitudes. We're working through the Beatitudes. What does it look like to be um, compelled by love, to be poor in spirit, to, to bless the meek, to bless the humble, to, we're just working through the Beatitudes as um, a little group. And then we're saying, how do we live the Beatitudes now? And this is, this is something just in the last few days that has just been so beautiful. We have two pastors that have come from a little distance away as <coughs> they've come from Masimba de Praia and another village close by to Pemba, which where we live, which isn't a very... Um, definitely not a safe place in the natural, but we have a little more military than their village. So they've come as refugees. Um, they said they counted. This is something I'm probably not supposed to share, but I'm just going to be brave. They counted over 70 bodies, dead bodies on their way. And then they said, Mama, we stopped counting. Oh, my. And, and these are people who are just praying, and they somehow miraculously got to us. And we 
Um, tomorrow we're dedicating these little houses that we organized for them to stay in. But we were meeting just a few days under a mango tree. And we were talking, I wrote a book about Compelled by Love, the Beatitudes, Matthew 5. And we are under the mango tree talking about what does it mean if you're persecuted for righteousness? What does it mean? How do you love um, your enemies? How do you love those who persecute you? And I said to them, we must forgive the ones who have caused us to lose our home, to lose our pots and pans, our furniture, to lose um, our church buildings. They've been burned down. How do we love them? And with these little two groups of 10, we worked through and everybody participated, Pastor Sue. Everybody talked about it. Like, how do we forgive these people? They have a name. Um, most people on the news know the name they go by, but I'm not going to mention it here. How do we forgive these people that have burned our villages, burned our churches, killed people we love? How do we forgive them? And we worked through the Beatitudes. We worked through one verse at a time. Wow. How do we get to this place? And, and I'm telling you, um, I was born again, again. I was. Oh, Just, yes. These guys, they're amazing. That subject yeah. right there, um, you know, about forgiving those that despitefully use us is one of the things the Lord's been speaking to me about for a couple of years. And it's one of the most difficult things our flesh is ever going to endure. But finding that, the scripture says it will make us like our father and uh, and i know that you have uh, that you have come into a real key uh, by laying hold on this and teaching the people about the importance of forgiveness and as you have shared these things today heidi uh, i just want to thank you from my heart because so many people they hear they see videos they go to a meeting where a person like you is ministering and they will just consider it an extreme value to be able to come on the inside and have you speak about what formed you into the person of faith that you are today. And I just can hardly express to you what a blessing it is that you would take the time to talk with us like this. And, and this will be part of the podcast that will go into uh, many nations and uh, we're believing it to influence many people to trust God and believe him in, after the example that you shared. So if people want to find out more about um, your ministry, uh, they should, what is your web address? Um, irisglobal.org. Mm-hmm. Okay. Irisglobal.org. They can go on. They can read and you know what i'd love to do tomorrow we're going to be spending some time with jo pastor joaquin and um the the other pastor um some people say we're not supposed to mention their names but anyway i think i'm going to send you the footage of just um them as they're we're just praying for their families there and just 
let you see their faces. Oh, I would there love that. There are hundreds. Yeah, I think it would really bless you because they're just such amazing men of God. Yes. And they're just trusting God. They're going to be um, helping us distribute food and audio Bibles to the other displaced people. There are 161,000, according to the UN, displaced people in our little city. So that's more than the entire population of our city who have suddenly come into our city because wow. we have um, more military than are in their villages. And so I, I think what I'd love to do is just, um, even if this already goes out, just send you a clip of, of Pastor Shimoko and Pastor Joachim. And um, we're going to be just praying with them tomorrow. We, we just, just arranged some places for them to live. And I just think that would encourage people to oh, see their yes. faces. And um, so I'll, I'll try to send that to you. We'll, we'll pre-record it tomorrow and send it to you. And, and just, Thank we're you. so grateful for your prayers and just that you care about us out here and um, that you trust Jesus to protect us. And we really, really need your prayers for protection. Yes. And especially for the Makua, the Makandi, and the Kimwani Bride. You know, I have read most of your books. I have to have a large box of Kleenex when I start reading. And then someone always begs me out of whatever book I'm reading. Your books are so wonderful. And I hope that our listeners today will take advantage uh, of all of those that you have available. I see a lot of them there listed on Amazon. You've been listening to the Sue Curran Podcast. Join us next time as Dr. Curran shares more insights through interviews and teachings geared to help you grow in your relationship with the true and living God and function in a more productive and powerful way.